This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We're still talking about money, and this time we're focusing on a different set of people. And the federal government now is also proposing some tax changes that will also affect small businesses, at least those that are incorporated, especially doctors. Now, Ottawa says these changes would close loopholes that give these businesses unfair advantages. And to be fair, there are some things that they're doing that would do just that. But the proposal that is coming under the most fire is a proposal to tax passive investments in a corporation at a very high rate. And let me just give you some background on this. Uh, If you have a corporation, if you're a doctor or another professional, uh, your corporation pays out all the expenses and and gets all the money and you take a salary out of this. And if you leave money in the corporation in case you need it to expand, or uh, some people see this as their retirement, as their pension money, because unlike government employees, they don't get a pension. And uh, so the money sits there. But if you take it out, you've got to pay full taxes, which is why these people say that it is not fair. Uh, The doctors are really upset about this. They also say that uh, getting the right to be incorporated is something that they got in lieu of fee hikes. So we are going to talk about these changes on the line. We have Dr. Nadia Alam, who is the president-elect with the Ontario Medical Association, and Julie Kwasinski, who is the director of provincial affairs for Ontario for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Ladies, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Libby, for having us. Okay. Uh, Nadia, how does this proposed change uh, target doctors? So one of the big things that I don't know that much of the public realizes is that physicians are like every other small business. So we incorporate so that we can pay for our clinics. We can hire staff. We can pay for equipment everything from chairs, tables, all the way up to the computers and the servers that we use to house patient records, all of which are very expensive, um, are paid for by physicians. For surgeons like ophthalmologists or um, even radiologists, community radiologists, they pay for all of that equipment. So the imaging equipment, the equipment needed for eye surgeries, all of that is paid for and funded by physicians. So it really is a business. Right. So, so what will sorry, go ahead. Why why is so why is this proposal to tax the so-called this is income that they would get say they own the building they use to practice in uh it, why 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 would this be a particular problem for physicians? So the biggest problem is having a corporation um was set up about 10 years ago, give or take, um, by the province of Ontario and by the federal government. They created rules. They advertised rules. 
they encouraged physicians to incorporate just so that these businesses would be sustainable. Now they're talking about changing these rules in such a drastic, sudden way that if physicians had to dissolve their incorporations just so that they follow these new rules that they're creating, they would have to pay about 73% tax. Now, if I have to pay 73% tax on all of my holdings in my corporation, or if another physician does, that threatens the, the well that I use to pay for my staff, to pay for my secretaries, to pay for myself in case I get sick and for a replacement doctor to take over if I myself can't do the job, if I'm suddenly disabled or if there's a family emergency, right? All of this costs a lot of money. If I'm paying 73% tax on it all of a sudden, that pot that I've saved, that rainy day fund that I've saved, just in case something goes wrong and my business needs to continue running, even without me, in my absence, that pot of money goes away very quickly and it threatens the future sustainability of my clinic. And that's uh, the part that's freaking a lot of doctors out. And uh, Julie Kwasinski, it's not just doctors this uh, this affects. Uh, what does your group have to say about this? Well, a couple of things. I'd like to first echo um, my colleagues' comments on how this is detrimental to a business in terms of having a ra- rainy day fund. Uh, Most of our small business owners will tell you that it's very difficult to borrow money when you are a small business owner. Now, this whole concept of the passive income, it acts as insurance against emergencies and unforeseen costs. So business owners, they have to be able to rely on their investments to protect them against the many risks of owning a business. And I like to zero in on the word risk. As a small business owner, you are assuming risk, and I think the federal government is neglecting to realize that. And they may have good intentions, but they are forgetting that their intentions could lead to unintended consequences against people in numerous professions. We're talking about the medical profession, but we could be talking about farming, dentists, Mm -hmm. any other medical profession. Um, Family businesses in particular could be hurt because there's also the concept of changing rules around sharing income with family members. That's another proposal that's part of this package. And Libby, um, if I could just beg your indulgence for a moment, I'd like to ratchet this conversation up a notch, take it up a higher level. Small businesses, including medical practices, dental practices, you name it, the the full spectrum, they are literally being tsunamied on both sides. We're talking about the federal government changes today. There are provincial government changes. We were just talking about those, the uh, minimum wage going up over two years. That is correct, and we're looking at a 32% increase in the minimum wage in 18 months. And then on the federal level, the federal government had promised to cut the small business corporate tax rate from 105 to 9%. They didn't do that. They'll be raising Canada pension plan premiums for seven straight years starting in 2019. They are hiking employment insurance premiums by 3% in 2018. Cap and trade, there's that that's going to be coming nationwide in Ontario. We still don't know the fallout. So the point I'm trying to make is the tsunami 
or we could be the melting cheese in the middle of the sandwich with the provincial government being the one slice of bread, the federal government the other slice, and poor small businesses are melting from the cost pressures, the heat of the cost pressures, with the melting cheese in the middle. Small businesses are being threatened, and given that the lion's share of jobs are created in the small business sector, I would hope that the federal government and provincial government really think about any changes they're making that are costing businesses money they can't afford. Okay, and again, let's let's just take a call from uh, Sandra in Mississauga. Hi, Sandra. Hello. So I have a, a, a comment to add. Thank you for taking my call. Um, to add to that, um, small businesses aren't just, with all due respect to the doctors and, and, and the medical profession, if you look at any advertised job today, in a, in a bank or you know um it will say contract and yep. what that contract means is you have to be incorporated as a business before they hire you that alleviates them from you know all kinds of benefits so well you don't you don't you don't have to be incorporated but it's a good idea no, if you, you have, have to, li- to they won't hire you it used to be that that you didn't have to be now you have to be I'm on the job market. <laughs> the, one of the first things they ask is, are you incorporated? Really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and you have to be. So I pay corporate taxes, and then I pay myself. And what I pay myself, I then pay income tax. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and and um, so it's not just going to be detrimental to, to you know, the, the more obvious ones like the medical profession and the farmers. What about every second employee at a bank who is a contractor? They call them contractors. And there's any number of businesses out there. And more and more businesses hire contractors as opposed to permanent, so they don't have to pay your benefits, they don't have to pay your EI, your CPP. Um, They don't have to pay anything. Exactly. Sandra, thank you very much for your call. Yeah. Libby, if I could just jump in for a second. Yep. Sandra raises an incredible point. A lot of these changes that are barreling down the line are are going to have massive ripple effects, right? And Sandra's right. It's not just going to affect doctors. It's going right. to affect all small businesses. It's going to affect all of the people who rely on these businesses, all of the people who are employed by those businesses, all of the communities that these businesses exist within. So it's a huge change that's happening. It's an incredibly destabilizing move by the federal liberals. The last tax reform on this scale was in the 1970s, and at that time the government took years to consult and analyze legislation. Years. They took about a decade before they had the final product that they put out. This time around, they're pushing it through in 75 days, and that's cause to worry. (laughs) Yes, that's a good... There's unintended consequences. That's a good point, Nadia. Let's hear from Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Just a couple of points, if I could. Okay. Uh, Quickly, though. Yep. With respect to the last caller, there is the independent contractor. Uh, That can be sole proprietorship, and it's, it's taxed, and in both cases, sole proprietor or incorporation, it's the net that's taxed, uh, not the gross. So the expenses that have been referred to um, by your guest uh, are are not 
taxed. Those are written off against the total. Right. So it's what's left that's taxed. And the corporate taxes are 25%, uh, whereas most of us, and I was an independent contractor, sole proprietor, uh, we were taxed at the same rate as uh, every other citizen, whether they're... Yeah, but the point uh, they're trying to make is that by leaving that money in the corporation at the lower tax rate, they are guarding against the risks and the rainy day, and as soon as they take that out as income, they've got to pay the full shot. Well, except we had... I also had business insurance that covered uh, that covered the, the many risks, so that that was a non-issue. Okay, and, that's, and that's that. I'll, let business. me let me let me get them to respond, Dennis. Thanks for your call, uh, ladies. Uh, what do you say to Dennis's point? Um, I can comment that what we've been hearing from our members, and it's a constant theme that I mentioned earlier that this is very important to them in terms of guarding against unforeseen costs in the future. I've been hearing that theme constantly. The rainy day fund, as you mentioned yourself. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, okay. Um, We are starting to run out of time on this. Let's take one more from Maria in Etobicoke. Hi, Maria. Oh, hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. Dennis just touched on one thing I was about to say. Um, for your rainy day fund, I think your business insurance should be covering that for if anything happened to you. And if your members are depending on a rainy day fund, they probably need to get some advice. Now, the something that Sandra brought up, I think um, that was just glossed over, is that you have corporations like banks that are making record profits. And they are squirming out of their responsibilities by hiring people as contractors, not giving them any benefits or anything. I probably think that if everybody, all the corporations would step up and do their own their uh, contributions, probably we wouldn't have to increase the uh, UI, we wouldn't have to increase the, um, um, you know, the uh, pension plan and things like that. I, I, that's a very good point, but uh, yeah, the people—the people who are going to have to pay these uh, extra—well, I guess big corporations will too. But uh, uh, exactly right, more people are faced with this uh, portfolio of work. Maria, thanks for your call. We are going to take one more from Donald in Markham. Hi, Donald. Hi, is this Libby? Yep. Yeah, listen. A lot of your callers have made some very relevant points, and if I these proposals I've missed, I've been on just got back from a one-month vacation, the United States and uh, the cottage. Very briefly, um, I'm a tax professional and uh, not active anymore, but this, to say, this whole thing about low business rate, it's the low business rate for the corporations that are active, active business corporations. It's on active business income. And so the passive income that they've accumulated has always been taxed at the 40% rate corporately. And the net retained earnings, when it gets distributed to the uh, shareholder, in the case of doctors, there might be a few doctors in a clinic, uh, gets taxed at the uh, dividend rate that everyone gets taxed on. So just as long as, long as everyone is, understands that the low business rate for corporations, Canadian-controlled private corporations, CCPCs, is only on the active business income up to $200,000 per year. I just wanted to let the... But again, I have to find out about these proposals and learn a bit more. Uh, yeah, I think you do, Donald. <laughs> um, thanks very much. 
Uh, okay, uh, that is all the time we have for this segment. Just very quickly, uh, Nadia, what would you like to leave us with? So I know that Dennis raised the point about insurance, and he's right. Doctors do pay a fair amount of insurance. The problem is there's always a gap between when the insurance pays out and when, and, um, when an event happens, right? And in some things, you actually can't get insurance. So things like maternity leave. If a physician has a baby, goes on mat leave, they have no coverage, and yet their clinic has to keep running because patient care doesn't just stop. It has to continue, right? It's, our, it's an onus on physicians to make sure that patients are covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of a year. So while there is insurance coverage for certain things, there's a delay. So that rainy day fund does become important in that sense. And okay. for certain things... There's just no insurance. There's nothing there. Okay, Nadia. And uh, Julie, just a quick uh, wrap-up? Very quick point. I think I want to make the differentiation between a large corporation and a small business. Some businesses have such a slim profit margin that they don't have financial wiggle room. For example, restaurants in Ontario, profit margin on average is only 3.4%. So I just wanted to raise that point, that small business is much different than big business. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, Uh, given us a lot to think about. Uh, Ladies, thank you very much for that. My pleasure. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, Libby, bye. Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.